Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Attractions Crew Podcast. I'm Don Helbig alongside Ryan Sir. And Ryan, I had an interesting thing happen to me today. I'm at Best Buy. I'm looking for a new laptop. And uh, the sales associate there, she comes up to me and she says, excuse me, are you one of those people on the Attractions Group podcast? And I said, well, yeah, I am. And she said that uh, her and her husband, they listen to it all the time. And I started asking about what episode she liked about the mobile app episode that we did early on was her favorite. But uh, I guess that means we're kind of arriving, Ryan. People are starting to recognize us on the streets. That's kind of exciting. Um, I've never done very well with people coming up to me and talking to me. And I'm not sure if I know them or not. Uh, when I ran the fan site, that used to happen a lot, but you seem to know everybody who talks to you, so that probably went pretty well. But that's pretty cool. Yeah, the mobile app episode, I think it was episode two, um, that was a really popular one, like many, many downloads. So, Don, what we got going yeah. on today? Well, Ryan, uh, you know, we're in the midst of the announcement season. Uh, it starts in like early August, but still going on, you know, as we as we get toward the fall here. But I thought we'd talk about announcements, you know, kind of a how-to guide on, you know, what are some of the best ways to introduce your new capital? That's really cool, Don. I mean, you've been involved in several announcements. I've been present for several announcements. So this will be a good dynamic conversation between the two of us as far as what we think works and what we think doesn't work, because it seems like we would have separate objectives. For me, it's about discovery and excitement. And for you, it would be about media reach and buzz and things like that. So, Don. Yeah, and I was on your side of the fence for a long time too, oh, yeah. Ryan. So, uh, you know, I remember back then. But, you know, when I was, you know, first getting involved with the industry and interested in it versus a guest, uh, you know, and then in the early years of, of working in the industry, uh, you know, the way we did it, was you sent out a press release and just announced what you were doing. Uh, you might have a little bit of a teaser camping like that going on in the park, but it was pretty much, you know, a release. And maybe you had some assets ready to go at that time that uh, you could uh, accompany the release. But, you know, it was always starting to happen, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, people, you know, the park's doing it in the fall, uh, you know, in conjunction with season passes and things like that going on on sale, but uh, it's really evolved. Yeah, it certainly has. And one thing that, that actually came up a couple times is, uh, you know, it's just a evolution in the past 30 or so years that you would make the announcement in August, September. I mean, well, first of all, the time frame is kind of uh, unique because it was much later very often, but you wouldn't have a ride name in the 80s, 70s and 80s. You would, you would uh, announce a concept and then the name would be much closer to opening, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's exactly the way they did it. In fact, oftentimes it was, unless construction was visible, you know, in the summer months, you know, July and August, September, you know, late November, uh, December, maybe even January is when the new capital would be announced. And, you know, like you said, they wouldn't even have a name with it yet. You know, that didn't come about until maybe four or five, six weeks before the park opened. So it's really come a long way. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And it, it, it's a different world. Um, do you think that the sale or the advent, shall we say, of season passes played a big role in that since now in August, you're already looking towards next year as far as selling tickets? Or do you think that it's just because people know more now? You got smart marks out there. Well, I think it's a combination of the two. I mean, your guests, they definitely, you know, they're interested, they're curious, they're digging around. Um, you know, they're going to pretty much know what you're, you're announcing. They're not going to have some of those details, like maybe what color the trains are, what color the track name you know, might be, but in terms of a layout, maybe even the manufacturer, I mean, it's not too much of a secret anymore what you're going to announce when you announce it. So it's changed that way. But also, I mean, it, it creates a lot of interest with passes going on sale uh, for the next season that uh, you want to get everybody, 
excited. You want to get them to renew in the fall and get yourself off to a good start from the park perspective for the following season. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And it seems like they do go hand in hand. It seems like I, I'm the announcements that I've seen are typically, this is our new announcement. Oh, by the way, season passes are on sale later today, you know? So, you know, when, when you've got, when it's 2022 and you're starting to look at 2023, obviously there's a, there's a revenue factor um, going into that. Um, well, and plus like you're, you're right. Uh, a lot of people will know the manufacturer. They'll know the layout. They might know the name, you know, cause they've copyrighted some. Um, but you know, I think that from my perspective, and maybe this is telling you this now, cause I don't know if we ever discussed it, but it doesn't take as much away from the excitement as you might think from the park standpoint, because for example, you know, they just, you know, I tweeted about this yesterday. Uh, Apple announced the new iPhone 14s. Well, there, if you think that amusement parks are bad, you should see Apple fans as far as knowing every little detail and supply chains out of China and everything. But those little nuggets of information that you didn't know, they hit like an anvil. Like you get so excited about these things that you didn't know because you thought you knew everything going in. So I, I would say that it's very similar. Like I remember... Um, you know, part of uh, when I was in attendance for the Orion announcement in 2019, I can't believe how long ago that was now. Um, you know, we, we knew it was a Giga. We knew the height. We knew essentially the layout. We knew a couple of different possible names, but we didn't have much detail on the theme and stuff. So to find that out was like just as good emotionally as, as you know, any other uh, you know, announcing a ride completely out of the blue. What What are your thoughts on that? Did you know a lot going into announcements? Uh, so let's say before you were in the industry, uh, since you were kind of in the know, like what, what did you know typically? Well, not as much, you know, with the different parks as, as you know, I would today because, you know, there, there's social media today. There's the fan sites, um, the coaster clubs. There's more than just, you know, one back then, you know, it's pretty much the American coaster enthusiasts. So there's a lot more uh, ways to uh, find out, you know, what the discussion is and, and uh, you know, all the rumors and, you know, other things about that that go into these announcements, you know. So just more ways for that noise to be out there than there was, you know, back then when I was, was visiting parks. But, you know, I had a little bit of an idea sometimes, you know, you could see where they were going to put something with, you know, the timeline, you know, maybe it's every third, fourth, fifth, sixth year or whatever, you know, it was going to be more of a thrill ride, a roller coaster. Or in other years, it might be something with a water park or maybe something in the kids' area. So you kind of, you know, know about, uh, you know, where something might go. And that kind of indicated to what it's going to be. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I mean, again, you know, times have changed quite a bit since then. Um, now, for almost all major announcements, not all, but almost all, um, there's usually some sort of teaser campaign. Uh, and sometimes that pops up as early as opening day for the season before. What goes into a successful teaser campaign? Like, how do you decide you give them enough to make them interested, but not enough to spill the beans? Where, where do you walk that line? Yeah, that's that's exactly what you have to do is you have to keep, uh, you know, keep it interesting for them. You want to, you know, drop a series of clues, but not enough that they guess it early on. So you kind of want to start starting when your season opens, say it's in April. And you almost have to because of where it's going and everybody can kind of see it uh, and they walk by certain sections of the park. Uh, you know, you would start it then, but yeah, you want to kind of, you know, just drop nuggets here and there and then just keep the discussion going. And that's one of the really fun things when you're on the park side is it's watching all of that discussion, all that speculation and, uh, you know, seeing who's uh, 
uh, you know, zeroing in on it and, uh, you know, who's way out uh, to watch with that. Um, but, you know, there's different ways to do it, too. You know, if you don't have a teaser, you know, um, sometimes that it's kind of like maybe a week or two before you're going to announce and start to put something out. So you have to let people know that you're doing it. If you're going to invite right. uh, media or other guest influencers yeah. or whatever out to the park for an announcement. So you have to kind of start getting that out there. Um, so there's a lot of different ways. And that brings me up to my next question for you, Ryan. Um, like I said, when I first started uh, getting in, interested, involved in the industry, it was pretty much they would send out a press release and you'd read about it in the newspaper the next day. Or maybe that night, you know, on the news, they would talk about it, but they didn't have the assets or anything like that to really uh, build up the anticipation. But you've been around where you've seen them done in park. Right. You've been around where you've seen announcing it um, on social media. Right. You've seen the traditional way of doing it. Um, so and your perspective, what way engages you the most? So from a guest standpoint, this is going to be kind of counterintuitive to what might be beneficial to you. Okay. Because for me, I would say that if you start on day one and say something's coming next year and you kind of allude to the theme, and then you give a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more and then make a big deal about the announcement. To me, I've always felt like the anticipation is always uh, a lot more interesting than the ride itself. Because I'm not one of those people that will go to a park and you know do 100 rides on this or that or whatever. I, I like the atmosphere and you know everything surrounding the park. I'm a rides guy too, don't get me wrong. But um, So to me, it's like... Uh, the anticipation. So if there's a new ride in 2023, 2022 is, is far more pleasurable to me because I love anticipating and trying to figure out and discussing it with other people. But that dri that drives me to my next question for you, though. So at what point with that are you having people not focus on this year, but focusing on next year to the point where it hurts your business? What are your thoughts on that? I don't know that it necessarily does hurt, you know, where people are going to really delay their visit to the next year. I think people, they become curious. They want to come out and see um, if there's construction going on. They want to see that progress. They want to try to find the next series of clues in that. So I don't know that necessarily, you know, hurts the next year's business. I think you don't think that's going to take away if you have a big, um, like, event, you know, you have a festival or, um, you know, an anniversary celebration, something like that. You don't want to you know, take away from that. Uh, so you'd wait till those things were done before you would do it. But uh, I don't, I don't know that, um, you know, people necessarily are going to not come to your park and wait until the next year uh, until they know what it is. You know, once they know what it is, they might do that. But beforehand, I think they, they like to play the game too. They like to, to check out the clues and, and all the teaser things you might have around the park. Um, it's a lot of fun for them. Yeah, I agree. And you know what? Um, I've been, you know, I've been using the term smart mark for this, you know, and I, and I don't use that as derogatory because I definitely fall into that category. But I, I wonder if more so now than ever in the past, if uh, seeing things like construction is a like I'd buy a ticket to go see the construction. You know, I want to go to Dollywood to see how the, their, their new, you know, great bear coasters coming along and stuff. Like, I, I wonder if that is because I, I can tell you this. I've observed in the last 10 or so years that a lot more people are a lot more intelligent about rides and seeing that this same manufacturer made that ride is like you and me and 12 other people would know who aerodynamics is in 1980 
uh, you know, that's not directly in the industry. But um, I've noticed that people people understand like, oh, it's a new Intamin coaster. It's a new B&M coaster and stuff. More so, uh, just random people that are in park. Now, granted, like these are park people in parks, not people at McDonald's. But um, I, I almost wonder if that is a leverage uh, that is almost unknown. Where like it, there's an old school belief that the average person doesn't care when they do. Like, what are your thoughts when when you're talking to people, Don? When you're walking around at a park, do you feel like people know more than they used to, or do you think it's just people that know you would know more than they used to? Because it's a difficult question. No, I mean they 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 definitely know more than they used to just because of you know social media today, uh, you know websites, uh, different fan sites, their friends, you know that go to parks. There's just a lot more ways for that to get communicated than there was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, uh, where it was, you know, pretty much waiting on the park to announce something. They just didn't have ways to create that kind of awareness past being at the park. Now, if you were there, you saw it. Uh, but today, you don't even have to know what somebody's doing because everyone's talking about it. Oh, yeah. I just assume that everybody's at the park at this point, honestly, you know, because with social media, yeah. it's just as good. Um, and then in, you get internal leaks and stuff too. Like, um, you know, it's like with, uh, like dark castle, Bush gardens, uh, there was like a lot of construction photos and stuff of, uh, you know, track laying around and stuff over the past year, 18 months or however long it's been shipped in, which, um, you know, it all, it all feeds into it. Um, so we, we've discussed this before, but how does this pertain to, like press releases, because because you've said blogs and social media posts and stuff are the new press releases. Press releases are, for most accounts, dead. But if you're doing a major announcement, do you still go old school? Is that still a piece of the pie? And is it still a major piece of the pie? Well, I mean, the press release are still as a place for it. And this is one of those times where there is a need for that because you want to detail everything that's uh, you know going on with the project uh, with the new capital there. Uh, so it's not dead yet, but yeah, I mean, I am a you know strong believer that uh, you know the printing press today is Facebook, it's Twitter, it's Instagram, it's YouTube, uh, you know, even TikTok, uh, your blogs. I mean, so there's so many other ways to tell that story than than you know you had before with just a press release. That was the that was the tool you had. That was the toolkit that I, I broke into when I go was was the press release. So it certainly has evolved from that, but it still has a, a role in this. Uh, when you're announcing new capital, yeah, most certainly, and uh, and it's funny because the um, the dynamic is so strange because obviously there's a need for press releases, and for me as somebody that utilized press releases for writing articles for you know the fan site I ran and stuff, it's it's great for quick reference. How tall is it? How fast does it go? Okay, cool. Because as you probably remember, I didn't copy and paste a press release. I would write my own article because I. In my opinion, I was taking it seriously, you know, and whether or not that was true, I, I don't know. But um, there have been several times when I've seen Parks write a blog and it's it, it's information, but then very evidently media outlets run with the blog as if it were a press release. Do you think that's the future of this stuff? I think it's still both, uh, you know, the blog blog's certainly going to be there. You can do it in more of a storytelling fashion with your blog and you're writing the article, you know, yourself as if you were a journalist covering your part. That's what you're doing with your blog. Uh, or a what, when, where, you know, why type of um, type of material, you know, a tool right now uh, that it always has been. 
where it's not, you know, you're not really telling a story so much with your press releases as you do with your blogs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's definitely a pill I can swallow. So let me ask you this. If you were, let's say a park was in a weird position where they had a social media person, but not a PR person, let's say it's transitional or something like that. And they were going to do, um, they were going to do a major ride announcement. They couldn't get a PR person. Do you think that they could essentially write a blog that was, I mean, you know, for immediate release, but yeah, forget that. But let's say you're opening Fury 325 and you say, here's the new ride by stats. Three, you know, 325 feet tall, maximum speed, whatever, and, and so on. Like, do you think that that could almost be tantamount for, for most people? And, and if Media Inquire, could you refer them to the blog potentially? Oh, absolutely. You could do it that way. Um, you could do it also. Uh, YouTube is another place where you could make your announcement and have all the information there and have the the video assets, you know, the, the trailers and those kind of things as part of that. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. I think, you know, what a lot of places do now, and it's not just in the amusement industry, it's also in, in professional sports, you know, instead of writing release, they'll just, you know, tweet something. You know, have a few details there and the media runs with it. Uh, you know, you could do that. You don't have that necessarily. Everybody doesn't have their own beat writer, you know, across the nation at all these parks. Uh, there's different people that might cover you like, you know, sports has its beat writers. But at the same time, um, you know, if you don't have between PR people and, and you're just looking to get that information out there, you know, absolutely. The blog integrated on Facebook and Twitter and the media is definitely going to pick it up. Yeah, it's it's going to be very interesting in 10 years where the blog versus the press release is because obviously there's inherent value to the press release. It's good for quick reference. It's good for print media, especially because they love the copy paste. Now, yeah, now where the press release used to always go out first, you know, maybe now the press release comes out after you've introduced it, uh, you know, with a, with a video on YouTube, you know, that you've integrated across different channels and those kind of things uh you know i want the other day um you know when cedar point announced its boardwalk uh that they're they're going to open next year mm -hmm. i thought that was an amazing um you know video that they did i thought it told a great story i thought it was very well done and the media ran with that you know they, they picked that up and it had all the information that they needed you know that's a perfect way to do it that's a great way to do it you, you know what the quiet brilliance of the cedar point announcement was by the way it's the fact that um, their wild mouse coaster wasn't too heavily leaned into because that's one of those things where it's it's going to be such a great ride. We, we both are familiar with these rides. It's going to be a great ride. But if you're talking to like a 17-year-old or even like, you know, a 35-year-old enthusiast or something, oh, that's just a family coaster Who cares. But no, they talked about the, the boardwalk there, the Grand Pavilion, and the ride is part of the package. And... So the ride is almost like, oh, wait a minute, we have that to look forward to, too. I honestly, um, I think the Cedar Point announcement, uh, first of all, anytime that they can play on their history, I think is awesome. You know, because if they can show like creepy Twilight Zone people wearing like old timey clothes and stuff and be like, oh, here we are today. Um, I think that's really neat. But uh, I think that the, the actual addition and the fact that uh, a coaster of all things is an afterthought uh, was a really good decision by them. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought it was, I just thought it was a nice job. I mean, it was, uh, you know, storytelling at its finest about here's what's new in 2023. And it walked you through it, you know, and I thought, uh, 
you know, it was very, very well done. It, much more entertaining than just reading all of those details on a press release, wouldn't you say? I, I completely agree. And, and, and this is the phraseology that I want to use for this. Um, if, you, if you're launching a coaster, if you're Millennium Force, Banshee, whatever, you can put out the POV and stuff and that can speak for itself. But for things like the boardwalk, I need you to tell me why I want to care. And I think that the the fact that we are so blessed by having video as a very readily available option, prefer you know almost preferred, you know, so they could tell us you know because we, just like anything else, you know the the schematics and stuff for the pavilion were, were leaked and people were so disappointed. But when they announced it, it was like that's going to be really cool because you know Tony yeah. and his team went on TV and or not not on TV they went on YouTube and they said this is what we're doing. It's going to be really exciting and this is why. And I, I think that message resonated. Yeah, it did. And, you know, the other thing about that, you know, we talked earlier about the teaser campaign and building anticipation and excitement. You know, when you do these YouTube videos like they did, you also have that ability to do a countdown and let everybody know that, you know, it's the announcement's coming in 10 hours, then nine hours, eight hours. And you have a lot of people waiting for it uh, when that video goes well, live. Yeah, especially, you know, not digging into the mechanics of YouTube, but I don't know how many um, YouTube subscribers they have, but I imagine it's substantial, you know. Um, and if they go live two hours before, I think is what they did. And, and it's just a countdown that's going to garner so many people that get that notification that pop up in YouTube. They probably had a lot of people watching, you know? Yeah. And, and if you're a park and you don't have a lot of, uh, YouTube subscribers, you know, when you do something, those that do subscribe to you, they're going to be sharing on their channels and reaching yeah. a lot of other people and driving a lot of people to your channel that you don't have, but you're going to have after you announce that yeah yeah i completely agree um i wonder if there's ever going to be a, a hybrid experience i wonder if that's ever been done where the vi let's say the video that they did since we're talking about it is debuted both online and in the park at the same time so the media can have a hands-on as far as because remember they used to do a lot of the coaster dynamics models and stuff i know like for diamondback they had one mm -hmm. um and that was a really good visual um, but I do, what would you think about like a hybrid event for something like that? You know, cause you get the media there and well, you have their commitment, but even if they can't make it and if you're the average person, you can still participate. Yeah. That's one of the things that's great about doing an in-park announcement is sometimes, uh, you know, if you can't get the media there, you're still involving your guests and that's who you're doing these things for. I mean, you have five, six, seven months before your new attraction is going to open. So I, I think it's always great when you can do something at the park and, and you can invite your uh, to be there to see it. I think it's fun for them. You know, it's a special night or day, you know, if you're doing it in the day, whenever you're doing it. Um, but it's, it's something that, uh, you know, it's added value for the guests to be able to, to see these announcements taking place in person. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, uh, you know, there I've been present for four major announcements. Okay. And it's funny how much they've changed over time. Uh, you were involved in all four. Uh, the first one was Diamondback. And remember, that was so rudimentary that, you know, you had a bunch of people, you know, take the cover off the thing that exposed the logo. You'd never do that nowadays. You'd project it or something. But then you had a bunch of screens showing the POV that nobody could see because at the time the technology was only so bright and it was in the sunlight and so on. Um, so that was that was one thing. And still, I mean you know, one of the most anticipated announcements I've ever dealt with because that was prime of my time. Um, you know, and then going to uh, 
Banshee, which was at 10 o'clock at night, which was very unique. We'll touch on that in a second. Uh, and then let, let's just stick with the steel. So forget Mystic Timbers. But then we'll go to Orion. Was Orion at 10 o'clock at night or was it at like, it was at like nine, wasn't it? It was a nighttime one at was 10 o'clock. Was it at 10 o'clock? Okay. The park was yeah, closed. I remember it being mm-hmm. at night, but I didn't know if it was at night. But uh, you went from the – so you went from very rudimentary, which was still kind of unique for a seasonal park at the time with Diamondback, and then to Banshee, which you, there were like the church pews and stuff, and you had the screen and all that, which was just awesome. And then from there, let's zip ahead a few more years with Orion. That was a whole like – you know, a whole day affair just waiting for this announcement. And there were just thousands of people in uh, what is now known as Area 72. Uh, And you had actors involved. There was pyro involved. It's just funny how it's changed. Now, let's, let's, uh, to to touch back on it. So Diamondback was during the day. It was at like 10 in the morning or like traditional. Yeah, traditional 2 o'clock in the afternoon, worked perfect for the media, just how they like it. Just how they like it. Now, let's talk about how they don't like it. For the next three you did, you did exactly for, how they don't like it. Ten o'clock Orion, at night. I remember Banshee yeah, and Mystic uh, Timbers. You announced at ten o'clock at night. Let's discuss. Yeah, when this I sent out the when I sent out the Banshee uh, invitation to the media that we were having a, a an event to announce our new attraction for 2014. Every outlet emailed me or called me and said, "There's a typo. <laughs> you meant 10 a.m. Correct?" And I said, "No, 10." And uh, they all, you know, especially the TVs, you know, you're up against a deadline for a print edition, right. you know. So the Enquirer and Hamilton uh, Journal up against a deadline at that time of night. And then the TVs are like getting ready to go live at that time. This is not good for us. Um, but the way we looked at it was if it didn't work for them that night, we still had the assets and things that we were, you know, the, the teaser the trailer video and and the povs and the off ride so they would have had everything they needed to do their story right uh, especially the next morning so i mean we weren't too concerned about that and we knew that we had you know several months before the, the attraction even opened right that this was just the starting point and um so we made it about our guest you know making it uh, something that was for them uh, we wanted to have kind of like a, a rock concert type atmosphere mm-hmm. for it and it worked you know, right. and then we found that, uh, you know, all the, all the outlets still came out right? and they found a way to make it work for them. You know, so we had the lives at 11 o'clock, you know, 10, 10 o'clock, it went live on the, the stations that, uh, you know, have the 10 o'clock newscast. And, um, so it worked. So, you know, you repeated that again with, uh, the next couple with Mystic Timbers and also with Orion. So, you know, not the ideal way, not the, you know, not the best thing for the media, but if you're looking to do something for your guests, that's a great way to do it all day long anticipation. You know, people coming to the park, you know, the crowd's just growing and growing in the area where you're going to do it. Uh, so it's a lot of fun that way. Uh, but there's other ways to do it, too. I mean, that's that's, uh, you know, we, we've seen out. So we just talked about Cedar Point and how they did it, you know, by releasing that video. And, um, you know, other parks do the same thing where they're releasing it on social media first and then sending out a press release. I've seen it done. Uh, very well uh, by parks who uh, announce that they go live on a on a TV station, you know, one of the networks to live. Uh, so there's so many different ways that you can do it. Uh, you have to find what's best for your park, you know, and what's your something that you want to just get your guests all excited about. Uh, 
Do you want to make it a nice, you know, video production? So there's so many ways you can do it. There's no, there's no wrong way to do it. Um, but the, the biggest thing about it though, is, uh, I just want to really, really make it something that's going to work for all parties. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that uh, resonates with me was, um, uh, with the Banshee announcement, there was the, the video cause nowadays everything's announced by video, whether it's in person or not, you know? Um, but with the Banshee thing, it started off with son of beast collapsing. And that was like an odd amount of closure for like, well, this is the end of that story, you know? So um, it was kind of fun how that played into it. Uh, so I've seen instances and I'm not going to call out anybody, but a park says we're going to make an announcement and they invite people, they invite the media uh, and then people that are like, you know, let's say prominent coaster enthusiasts and stuff like we'll fly there. And then the announcement is not what they expect. Like, how do you make that determination where, you know, you want to make you want to make it exciting, but you don't want to make it a letdown. Obviously, with the big four that we discussed, you know that that was going to be worth your time. You want to be there for that announcement. But, you know, I've seen um, you know smaller announcements for antique cars and stuff like that, uh, where you know it's it's worth for the media to come out and stuff. But you know what you you don't necessarily want to take the time of the president of Ace to hop on a flight from. Texas or wherever, you know, for something like that. Oh, no, like, I, how do you make that determination? I mean, you, you temper the expectations with, you know, those key influencers and the different enthusiast groups to, to make, don't do that. Uh, I think they also, you know, they, they kind of have a pretty good idea what you're, you know, because they, they've seen, you know, before the announcement, they've seen the blueprints, they've seen the teaser campaign, they've seen kind of the area where what you're going to do is going to go. Uh, so, you know, they've, they pretty much know whether it's going to be something they want to come out for or not. Um, they also know that if they can't make it out, you're going to supply them with everything they need to do their story. Yeah, I completely agree. So it's all about uh, getting people's, you know, the information they need, just like anything else. So Don, do you have any final thoughts on the yeah, subject matter? Again, there's not a right way. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, like I said, there's so many different ways if you're a park and you've got new capital coming and you're trying to figure out the way to announce it. Uh, you know, there's just avenues that you can use today. So many tools that are, available to you whether it's uh, you know the old stages with a press release you know you want to go uh, give it to a tv station go live in the morning or you know, with somebody uh, you want to do a, a teaser video um, you know just so many ways that you can do it uh, but the big thing is is just have fun with it because if you can't be excited about it, right i mean there's got to be a certain amount of buy-in um, when it comes to the guests and stuff uh, or well with the employees because if you don't care they won't care all right, Don, you know what time it is. It's time for the... The Pick 6. Now, I know that we've deviated quite a bit with the Pick 6 recently, you know, with having Jeff Pike on the show and some other things like that. But we're going to do the classic Pick 6 this time when we choose six news stories from around the industry that we find particularly interesting and do a little discussion on them. So, Don, why don't you take the first one here? Well, I'm going to lead off with Bush Gardens Williamsburg announcing Star Coaster. Wednesday, seen the video. Um, I think it's really cool. I, I love it.
I think it's really cool that they're finally utilizing that building again. What do you think about it? Well, I think it's great. I think the theme is going to be outstanding. I really love what they did with the the video that uh, uh, they put out there introducing this attraction. Uh, 2,400 feet in length. Now it says just 36 miles an hour is the top speed. That might not seem like much, but when you're indoor and it's a lot of twists and turns like that, uh, that's going to seem incredibly fast. Right. Uh, so very impressed with this new attraction. Can't wait to yeah, try Yeah, I can't it. either. I'm definitely going to have to make a trip down to Bush Gardens again next year. All right. So... Um, you know, well, speaking of announcements with Bush King, so good luck to Bush Gardens. Congratulations on an awesome announcement. Okay, uh, so moving down south, let's go to Disney. So Disney Plus Day is actually today, the day of our recording, um, which is September 8th, 2022. Uh, now, Disney Plus Day is, uh, they're offering special benefits to Disney Plus subscribers. Actually, in, well, they're releasing a bunch of films and stuff on Disney Plus, but they're um, offering different perks in park to Disney Plus subscribers. Uh, and this includes uh, early access, which I believe is 30 minutes, free photo pass for the day, special meet and greets, special Disney Plus movie streams at some of the resorts. Uh, this is going to be done at, or this is currently being done at Walt Disney World and Disneyland. And again, that's today, September 8, 2022. Um, I wonder how you prove that you're a Disney Plus subscriber. I was wondering that because it would be kind of a little bit difficult to prove, especially if you're at right. the park. But you know, I mean, this is a nice, nice little touch to to celebrate the launch of the streaming services that they did back in 2019. It's a nice touch, right? You know, and Amazon does something similar with Prime Day. So, if every streaming service wants to have their own day where they release a ton of materials and give me a bunch of perks, like more power to you, Don. What's the next story? Well, we're going to shift to Alton Towers and Nemesis. It's going to uh, receive the Incredible Hulk treatment. Uh, that's what the word is. It's going to be uh, down all of next year. So it looks like it'll come back in 2024, which will be Alton Towers' 30th anniversary. Uh, but this is a great coaster. Um, you know, so it's also one that, that uh, you know, needed a lot of work. So it's good to see it getting some love rather than just being dismantled and something else goes up there. Yeah, I mean, if you want a testament to B&M, that's the second B&M coaster where the, as opposed to reaching the end of the service life, tearing it down and, um, you know, building something else, they just, they reached the end of the service life, they tore it down and built it again. That and, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, the theory behind this, uh, because they did file permits, it looks like this is going to happen and it's going to close in the fall, uh, reopen for the 2023 season for its 30th anniversary. But um, incredible. 2024. Hulk, that's what I meant. 2024. I'm sorry. Yeah, it'll be closed yeah. through the 2023 season is what I meant. But uh, the Incredible Hulk at Islands of Adventure in Orlando, Florida, they tore out almost all the track, got new trains, rebuilt the track, and it's the same layout and everything. Just new trains and all new ride, right? All right. Yep, just kind of a refurbished project there. So, yeah, I mean, that's exciting to see. You know, you always want to see, you know, saved when they can be. And uh, this is a great example of that. All right. Well, continuing with our theme of uh, announcements uh, for, for this episode, D23 is coming up. So D23 is expected to be held September 9th through the 11th, which is Friday through Sunday. Uh, this weekend, for those of you listening close to the time when we launch, uh, D23 is when they announce the future plans for all of the uh, Disney parks. Um, I always pay close attention to it because I want to make sure that they're not going to close Tower of Terror at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Um, Don, do you pay attention to D23? 
I do for that same exact reason that uh, there's certain rides, Tower of Terrors, you know, foremost uh, that I look at there at uh, in Orlando that that. But uh, yeah, that's you know, you want to pay attention to it because of different uh, things around the parks. Yeah, I completely agree. Now, uh, one thing about Disney parks that's different for those of you who don't know is that. Um, you know, if Six Flags announces an attraction, well, okay, take out the last couple of years. Like, let's forget about Aquaman and stuff. That's all COVID stuff. But typically, if Six Flags or Cedar Fair or anybody else announces an attraction, it's open six months later. At D23, they'll announce stuff, and it doesn't open for five years. So it's for me, it's kind of hard to get excited about it. But at the same time, there's a little bit more involved than just building a coaster when it comes to Disney. All right. Yeah, and you're talking about those IPs that are out there. You know, Star Wars, you've got Mo, you've got um, Pixar, you know, Disney Animation. Uh, so all those different IPs that they own and, you know, how they're going to incorporate that into the parks down the road. Yeah, I completely agree. So definitely exciting. Uh, so Disney, if you're watching, please leave Tower of Terror alone. I love it. I will be absolutely devastated if you close it. Don, number five. Number five, this weekend, the Golden Ticket Awards. It's going to be in San Antonio, uh, you're going to have a uh, golden for things like the best park, best shows, best wooden coaster, best steel coaster, uh, best marine life, uh, best food, uh, just so many different awards. It's so well done. We talked about it in our last episode. Um, you know, if you're uh, in the amusement industry, I mean, this is the Academy Awards, the Golden Globes, uh, the industry. Yeah, I'm so glad we have it. So parks that work so hard to be the friendliest, the cleanest, and so on uh, can get recognized for all their hard work. So, um, you know, we'll probably recap the winners in the next episode, but ahead of time, congratulations to everybody who wins. It's probably well-deserved, even though I, I don't always agree with them, but, you know, same with any award show. All right, so, Don, this next one is going to be um, one you're going to, that kind of hits near and dear to you because Cedar Point made an announcement uh, this past week that has a lot of buzz talking, you know, a lot of people talking um, and they're wondering exactly what things are going to look like here in the not so distant future at our friends up north. And of course, I'm talking about Halloween weekend's 25th anniversary. So Halloween weekend's turns 25. So what a great event. I, I actually got to attend it last year and I loved their haunted houses. It was so fun. Have you ever made it up to Halloween weekends, at least in the last couple of years? Yeah, I try to do it every year. Uh, you know, you're right. It is so well done. Uh, love the mazes that they have, both the indoor and outdoor attractions. I think just looking around the park and all the decor that they have out. Um, I mean, they really capture the spirit. And I think it's just so well done. And uh, 25 years. Years, uh, you know, back in 1997 when they first did it, there was a lot of hesitation, a lot of concerns. Is, is anybody gonna come for this? Right. Uh, you know, but then you look at it, you know, people they have options. You, know, you can be scared on a roller coaster, you can be scared going through the mazes, and uh, you know, to the surprise, it worked and worked well. And here we are, 25 years later. Yeah, it's uh, 25 years later. They still have it, and you know, other parks have added it and any park that doesn't have it will add it. You know, um, Halloween is the second biggest spending season behind Christmas. And I guess people have moved on, not people, but the parks have moved on from Halloween to Christmas because now you're seeing more Christmas events, even in Canada, you know? So, um, yeah, so Halloween weekends is, uh, it's got two new mazes this year. It's got bloodbath, which is near steel vengeance, uh, and 
the haunting of Eerie Estate near Planet Snoopy, which is going replacing two other uh, previous retired mazes. But yeah, they're they got really cool effects and stuff. So if you guys are ever on the fence about going to Hollow Weekends, check it out. I mean, it, it's really 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 cool. And then you know, your gold or platinum or whatever pass gets you into it. So very very cool. All right. Yeah. In addition to the new mazes there too, Ryan, we've also um, you know when you look at Cedar Point, they've expanded the event. And turn boards are going to be open on Thursday nights this year. So right. uh, that's something that gives you those additional days if you're a pass holder. But uh, also, it's a good way to kind of maybe spread out the crowd a little bit so everybody's not coming on Saturday. You now have Thursday nights as another option to go. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, congratulations to them. Um, one thing that I do like about uh, Hollow Weekends and is, uh, and this is after having visited with a friend that had a five year old. The five year old's pretty bold, doesn't really get scared, but I do observe different things when I'm with them is that hollow weekends, like the, the, the haunt mazes and stuff is all concentrated in the back of the park. So, you know, the whole kitty kingdom and all that is, is on, is essentially unaffected by it. There's no fog or anything up there. So I think it's awesome that they have that luxury and they take advantage of it, but yeah. So, uh, yeah, good so luck to see point. both worlds there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So Don, have you talked about Bucky's yet this episode? I have not talked about Bucky's this episode, but I was going to, and I'm very excited that I'll be going to Bucky's in a in a few weeks here. Oh yeah, uh, way in Richmond, Kentucky. So yeah, just gonna um, stop by Bucky's on my way to somewhere and on my way back. And uh, this time I'm gonna try the breakfast uh, food that they have. I've heard it's pretty good. Oh yeah. So that, and then uh, on the way back it'll be a little bit later in the day, and I'll get uh, my melt and the brisket and you know. The, all the food that is just so good there, Ryan. You really got to go and try it. Uh, well, I, I have tried it. I love it. <laughs> you know. Um, now, uh, one thing that we meant to bring up in the last cast, you and I discussed, uh, and it's kind of late in this one, so we'll have to do it again next week, is um, we have had people asking about uh, Attractions Group t-shirts. Um, we Yes, we, we have. So, so we that is something that is on the table. That is something we're working on. If you are interested in it, then send us a private message on Twitter. Uh, remember, our Twitter handle is at attractions underscore GRP. Just send us a private message and we'll we'll work with you to see what we can do as far as pricing and getting the shirt to you and getting a design that you like and so on. Cool. So, Don, any final? Yeah, we've uh, got them in all sizes, small, medium, large, extra large, double extra large, triple extra large. Yeah, we can get the shirts any size that you want, Ryan. Oh, that's 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 amazing. I love variety, you know, because you can get like um, I can get like a smaller medium shirt so I can show off my uh, physique when I go to Cedar Point Hollow Weekends, or I can get an extra, extra, extra large and I can sleep in it at Breakers. There you go. Yeah, (laughs) just again, message us uh, through our Twitter. If you're interested in uh, getting an Attractions Group t-shirt, so there'll be some other merchandise down the line as well so uh, we're going to start small with the t-shirts yeah we'll start selling some t-shirts and uh you know feel free to tweet at us if you have any ideas for merchandise that you'd like to see um i was thinking maybe a don helbig picture book one of those where you flip through the pages and he animates that'd be kind of fun um but seriously yeah if you have any ideas better than a bobblehead uh, that's true we could do the dual bobbleheads of uh you know, us with our headsets on, bobbing back and forth, wearing Hawaiian shirts, and you're holding your Bucky's <laughs> mug, and I've got, well, I've got water this time, but I would probably be holding a Coke Zero in it or something, but yeah. So, uh, Don, any final words of wisdom to send people off for the week? We are at 90 followers. 
followers on Twitter as of this podcast. We want to get to 100. Once we do, I'm going to start giving away some of my theme park memorabilia. There's some really cool things I need to get out of my storage. I need to clear up some space. So please, if you know anyone out there that's interested in the attractions industry, tell them to follow us and then we can start giving away some prizes. Yep, because, you know, your clean garage space is their benefit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I Again, like I, I, I want to go live and do give some stuff away some evening that would be kind of fun once we get enough you know with the the youtube subscribers and the twitter followers and stuff but again thank you everybody for listening thanks for listening to me ramble and don give advice um we are signing off for the week but uh, we're gonna have a really exciting episode next week and then uh ahead we got some really cool guests coming up i'm not gonna spill the beans um, but it's, you're definitely going to want to listen. So make sure you subscribe on all of your favorite podcast apps, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and so on. And, um, follow us or I guess, subscribe on YouTube, searching for the attractions group podcast. So thank you everybody so much. And we'll see you next week.